0: wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. More concerns have been raised over air quality in the capital. Research from Imperial College London suggests air pollution causes harm to people at all stages of life. The review, which was commissioned by the Greater London Authority, looked at evidence from more than 35,000 studies over 10 years. It found exposure to certain particles could lead to miscarriages, cause low sperm count and stunt children's lung growth, as well as cause chronic illnesses, cancer and strokes in adults. The findings come as former Prime Minister Boris Johnson publicly criticised the planned expansion of the ultra-low emission zone by the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, saying it has nothing to do with air pollution. The ULEZ expansion, which is scheduled to come in on the 29th of August, continues to divide opinion. Mr Khan is facing a High Court challenge over the plans after a judge accepted a request from five Conservative councils for a judicial review. Frank Kelly is Professor of Community Health and Policy at Imperial College London.
2: So this study has looked at the accumulating literature which links breathing for air quality and a range of health outcomes uh, and basically, it's just an update of of what we've known previously, but it, it, it adds a few new problems to the the, the linkages between air quality and health. For some of the outcomes, such as low sperm count and and decreased fertility, I mean there have been isolated studies probably for the last ten or fifteen years. But what we're beginning to see is is more and more of these studies emerging. So we now have sort of the confidence to be able to add outcomes like that to all the other outcomes which we've been talking about, you know, like respiratory disease, uh, like cardiovascular disease, like increased risk of stroke. So these these other outcomes really have got sufficient, as it were, investigation behind them for us to be able to confident to say that there is a, a linkage between poor quality and these new outcomes.
1: How were the links between air pollution and things such as low sperm count, miscarriages and stunting children's lung growth established?
2: Well, the, they came about in, in a range of, uh, of ways. It may have started with with animal studies, which has been looking at specifically at, at, at pathways. And then, of course, if there was an indication in a, an animal study or a cell study, then, of course, it's really important to see if that association can be found also in human studies. And so therefore, a lot of these studies, which we call sort of cohort studies, where we look at uh, a population in a particular area that's being exposed to a higher level of pollution than a, than a group of people in another area, then we look to see if there is a negative link between the, the quality of their, their breathing and, and the health outcome.
1: Do we know why it causes these issues Exactly.
2: Yes, we we have a pretty good understanding of that. So obviously we're talking about pollutants which are present in the air we breathe. So they're entering our body generally through our lungs, Our lungs are very well protected from uh, the exterior world, at least the bad parts of the exterior world, because we have what we call an immune system that involves these things like white cells, which would circulate in our blood. So when a pollutant such as a small particle of fossil fuel enters our lungs, then that triggers the immune system to destroy it or to remove it from our lungs. And the problem is that if we're exposed to too much of this pollution, then it can overcome our our natural immune defences. Or if we're exposed to it over a long period of time, then our defences gradually get worn down. And of course, it's, it's something which goes alongside many other challenges that we have, such as, you know, the quality of the food we eat and, and whether we abuse our body by by smoking or drinking too much. So it's, air pollution is just another one of those challenges which our body has to deal with.
1: This research has been commissioned by the Greater London Authority. Some people might be concerned that this could be politically motivated as they want to win over public opinion about the ULES expansion. What would you say to them?
2: Well, the first thing I'd say it's it's very sad if anything like this is viewed in in a political limelight because there's nothing political about the quality of air that people should be breathing. That shouldn't be a political issue. It's a it's a health issue. And the more that we can do to dissolve to the the pollution problem we have in our in our cities, then you know the better it will be for for the population health as a whole. We were requested by the GLA to pull together this information. They said that they wanted an update understanding of, of the extent of problems that poor air quality uh, can have. Of course, for the introduction of the expander, then this would be you know useful ammunition for, the, I guess, the mayor to, to have it at his, at his hand so that uh, when he's asked these questions, he can give the, the latest scientific advice and understanding on the issue.
1: Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more from Professor Frank Kelly about how concerned we should all be about these findings.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a
0: month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
1: Still with me is Frank Kelly, Professor of Community Health and Policy at Imperial College London. Professor Kelly, how concerned should Londoners be about air pollution?
2: Well, that's the really crux of the matter, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of people have been saying recently that, that, you know, outer London hasn't got an air pollution problem. And that, that is just untrue. The WHO upgraded its air quality guidelines in 2021. And it basically reduced the, the guidance numbers for what we should be breathing for these tiny particles, PM 2.5 and the gas, nitrogen dioxide, which is, you know, produced in large amounts from diesel, diesel vehicles. And the bottom line now is that. Based on those WHO health-based guidelines, then no part of London is actually got air that's sufficient quality that it's not impacting health in some way. So that that's the real situation. Everywhere across London has still got an air quality problem. And a lot of that pollution is coming from the transport sector. And I guess that's why the ULES is an important initiative.
1: Air quality has gotten better in London though in recent years with more green initiatives and the introduction of ULEZ have any of the improvements been reflected in the research
2: So by bringing in the policy which which reduces the emissions of air pollution then the first thing that you can can do is to look to see if those emissions reductions have led to an improvement in air quality and that has been shown that's been shown for central London and for inner London, out to the uh, north and south circular. What has not been shown yet is that those improvements in air quality have led to the improvements in health. And unfortunately, that just takes longer to uh, to come through the system because we're talking about, you know, breathing polluted air every day for years to actually have the effects that we've been talking about so it's it's not going to be seen overnight uh, and it'll take several more years before that comes through but certainly yes we need to keep looking for those health improvements and there you know there's very, very strong evidence to suggest that they will be seen in due course.
1: There are of course some other contributors to air pollution away from traffic congestion just run through what some of them are.
2: Yeah. So the transport sector is, is one of the big three or four. Uh, Obviously the other ones that are important are what we call non road mobile machinery. We've got a lot of construction in London and uh, those, uh, those building sites, getting the materials to and from them, the building uh, equipment itself uh, often is is diesel powered. So there's a lot of pollution comes from, from our building sector and, uh, the GLA, amongst others, are working hard to try and, and reduce those emissions as well. Another emerging source is, I'm sure you've heard, is we seem to be burning more wood than we we were, you know, a decade ago. Wood burners have become quite popular, and uh, especially if, if high quality dry wood is not used in them, then they can produce a lot of pollution as well. And, and then finally, the other big one is is to do with agriculture, because when we use pesticides and fertilisers on our agricultural land, then quite often a lot of that, as well as the ammonia emissions from, from the animals, will get entrained up into the air and they, they, uh, they form what we call secondary pollut- secondary PM, and, and that can then drift into our cities as well. So the agriculture system will need improvement in due course as well.
1: Can the damage from air pollution be undone? If the damage
2: is done to your body, then it is very unlikely that that damage will be reversed. We have a real worry with, with children's lung growth in London, where you know, we showed in East London a few years ago that the children there, where they were traveling along really busy roads to go to school in the morning, or the schools were very close to a busy road and the, the playgrounds had high levels of pollution. Those children had smaller Lungs than, than than children weren't experiencing that level of pollution, and the big problem there is, of course, when you you, know, you reach uh, the sort of Age of 18, 19, then you, your, your body is at its full, full growth level. Your lungs won't grow anymore. And then around, you're around 30, your lungs will start uh, decreasing in, in volume again a little bit each year. So therefore, if those kids do reach the age of 18 with, with the smaller lung capacity, then they're going to carry that burden with them through the rest of their lives. So that is a real, real issue for the younger generation. If someone obviously ends up having a heart attack or a stroke, and air pollution has contributed to that, then of course, we know that recovery is, is, is long and hard for those individuals You don't really recover from it. So it's something that we re- really need to avoid in the first place or minimise in the first place, as opposed to hoping that, you know, life will get better if we do improve air quality down the line for those people who have been suffering it for decades.
1: What do you think can be done to improve the situation?
2: Well, even though we have things like the ULEs being brought in to reduce traffic emissions and we, we have the government saying that they won't allow the the, the selling of new uh, petrol or diesel cars from 2030, we're still going to have you know a massive vehicle fleet which uses diesel and petrol for the next two or three decades at least. So we, we, we need to be vigilant about where the worst pollution hotspots are. We need to try and get... People away from those particular areas, and those people that do need to use them—the you know the, the the drivers who really do need their their, their vehicles—then they need to be aware that you know they are being exposed to pollution, and they they should maybe look at times a day when they're travelling and just try and minimise their their exposure overall.
1: You can find out more about this story and the Ulez expansion on our website, standard.co.uk. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.
0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham.